Welcome to Master Your Money, the podcast that teaches you how to take control of your hard-earned money all while living your best life. I am your host, Elizabeth Heiza, Chief Marketing Officer at the Barnum Financial Group. I once felt powerless when it came to managing my finances and my attitude follows suit until one day I changed my mindset, built up my knowledge, and put myself back into a financial position of power. And I started this podcast to provide you with the same education and advice that I received on my journey. Now, I want to help you master your money. Good morning, Master Your Money listeners. We are here today with my longtime colleague and friend, Allison Mislow. Allison is an account executive at a major group life insurance company, but her role is very niche. For the past 20 plus years, Allison has focused exclusively on bringing financial education programs into the workplace. And throughout her career, Allison has helped no joke, hundreds of HR executives add financial literacy programs to their platforms, to their employee assistance programs, impacting thousands of employee lives in the process. I have had the privilege of knowing Allison for a very long time, and I could confidently say that she is one of the most hardworking, one of the kindest people you will ever meet. She is truly a giver through and through. So we are all in for a great show today. Um, specifically, if you are an HR executive, if you do have any influence on employee benefits, if you do work at a company uh, that does not have any of these benefits, you specifically want to listen today to what Allison has to say. She is going to share her experience on this subject and something um, this topic has specifically helped so many people. So you're going to want to listen up. But Allison, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, Thanks good, again. Good. We are too. So let's start, Allison. You have just had an amazing career. Why don't you just start by telling Telling our listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thanks so much. So graduated from Emory University and people get a real chuckle out of the fact that I was an English major mm -hmm. and a voice minor. And so people <laughs> say, how in the heck did you end up in finance and business? Yes. Never thought I would end up here, but actually it's been a great fit. And from there, I actually went to work in a training program for First Union National Bank, ran a branch for many years, then went into group benefit sales. Sure. And then I was really fortunate to meet Mindy Blanco, mm -hmm. who introduced me to Paul. And that's how I ended up here. So it's been um, kind of a some twists and turns along the uh, way. Yes. So happy that I ended up here. So I have to ask, because I don't think I knew all the years I knew you. I don't think I knew you were a voice major. Yes. A, a minor. What were your intentions? Well, at that time, I was actually competing heavily in voice competitions. Oh, I was amazing. also on the beauty pageant circuit and no was way. second runner up to Miss New Jersey. I was in the top 10 for Miss Who Georgia. Knew? That's amazing. And uh, thought that I might make a career out of uh, professional voice. But that 
that's a tough road. <laughs> so I relegated myself to my church choir and decided to pursue finance and business instead. You know, I always knew you spoke. I've seen you present in front of a crowd, big and small, a million times through the times that I've known you. And you've always had such poise and such presence about you. And now I know why you're oh, competitively thanks. trained to do so. That's amazing. Yeah. Thanks so much. Fun fact. Fun fact. That's right. So let's start with why this topic is so important. Why is financial literacy in the workplace such an important topic? One so much is that you've dedicated your career to it. Absolutely. Well, there has been a continuing decline in financial health that's consistent with the level of stress that employees feel in the workplace. And I'd like to share a few statistics. Sure. They might really be surprising to many. 55% of employees today report that they are still living paycheck to paycheck. And interestingly enough, that is not just relegated to one level of employee. It really affects employees of all ages and life stages and yeah. income levels. So it's quite surprising. Also, 55% of employees say that they are in control of their finances, but that's down from 62% in 2022. And then finally, 52% of employees say that they have three months savings um, available to them. And that's down again from 62% in yeah. 2022. So employees are in a tough place today. Yeah. And one of the best ways to treat that in the workplace is to bring in a comprehensive financial education program that can help employees to grow and change and get beyond those hurdles. Do you feel in your perspective, do you feel that that decline is due to the pandemic? I think it certainly has been part of it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then part of it is really assigned to the fact that people frequently don't have education in finance and money. Yeah. So for that younger generation coming in to the workforce, unless they were a finance major in college, yes. they frequently are uneducated on how to yes. handle their finance and benefits. Yes. So I would say it's, um, it's a multi pronged, you know, approach to helping employees turn around. It's recovering from the pandemic and continuing to provide continued education. Yes. That's something that I have a passion about is her, uh, financial education in the younger years, you know, in, in college, they tend to focus more on macroeconomics, microeconomics, but right. we don't spend enough time on personal finance basics. Absolutely. There's no such course in college. Yep. So we actually frequently get called in in many, most of our major corporations to do programs for their interns, which we think is so valuable. Yes, absolutely. And it's interesting you started with that first stat that 55% of people are living paycheck to paycheck. I think lots of corporations maybe, and tell me if I'm wrong here, maybe make the assumption that if they pay more, that could solve the problem. But helping employees understand how to manage that money is just as important as how they earn it or how much they're earning. That's so true. Really, it's really isn't about what you make. It's about what you spend and it's Correct. about your financial habits. So Correct. that's where employee financial education comes into play in helping to correct and develop better financial habits for employees, of, again, of all ages and life stages. Correct. I've also read too in preparation, and I've experienced this, that this type of education can help 
boost productivity. Absolutely. It's very important to employees holistic Mm -hmm. health and happiness. And actually there have been recent studies that show that a main driver of declining health is financial stress and that that ties directly to employees holistic health. And um, I have a few other stats. 77% of employees say that having a wider array of benefits would help them improve their financial and mental health. And 62% of employees say that they're looking to their employer for more help in achieving financial security and therefore feeling more confident overall. Yes. So you have your physical wellness. That's important. You have your mental wellness. That's important. Perhaps maybe spiritual wellness, but you also have this aspect of financial wellness Yes, that contributes to your overall whole body. That's right. The Mm -hmm. whole experience. And if you can get all, all four of those cylinders rolling properly, that's right. That's going to make you just perform better overall in every aspect of your life. Certainly just not your workplace life, but every aspect. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. So, so critical. So Allison, tell us about you and how you bring these programs to light. Who are you primarily working with every day? So I'm fortunate enough to work with human resources professionals at from, you know, major corporations, fortune 50 companies to educational institutions, not for profits. And these HR professionals either responsible for benefits or retirement, the retirement plans are very interested in incorporating financial wellness as one of the pillars of their overall wellness strategy. So that's where I come in. I meet with these HR professionals. I help them to develop a strategy that will appeal to everybody in their corporation or not-for-profit or, you know, educational institution. Do you find that they know what they're looking for when you meet with them or do you guide them through that process? I really do guide them through the process. A lot of times the first thing that they'll bring up to me is that we really, they might have something in place, but it typically is only for one niche part of their employee community. And of course they're graded on providing a holistic solution. And so then we start brainstorming about how can we serve your entire population that again includes employees of all ages and life stages, Mm -hmm. all income levels, all backgrounds, diversity, and then we just start from there. You go. Mm-hmm. Tell us about. I know you know. I know some of the customers you work with, but you said you work with Fortune fifty companies, so companies with you know twenty thousand employees. Exactly. But I, but I know you also mentioned you work with nonprofits. Yes, absolutely, and you know nonprofits with from, smaller with smaller teams. Sure, right? sure, absolutely. We're called in to work for not-for-profits like museums, Mm -hmm. for example. We have some of the largest museums in New York, and then we have small not-for-profits as well. Um, We work with colleges and universities. That's a big part of our market as well. And then we work for Fortune 50 companies that have 30 to 70,000 employees. So really one of the things that I'm so proud of is that we can say confidently that we're here to serve everybody. Mm -hmm. And some competitors, they only want to work with the executives. They will not work with the person who's there every day sweeping the floors. And we are here for everybody. So So that's really important. What are some of the, um, um, what's the smallest 
company you serve. Meaning if there's somebody listening who's like, oh, geez, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a small business owner. Mm-hmm. I only have maybe 20, 30, 50 employees. Is something like this applicable? We don't typically set up programs for groups under 100 employees, mm-hmm. but certainly I would welcome anyone to reach out to mm-hmm. see if we can help them. Beautiful. But I would say typically the smallest group that we would serve would be around 100 employees and up. Beautiful. So what are some of the points that a decision maker, these HR executives that you're working with should consider when looking to implement something? So either they have a program that they realize isn't working, maybe employees are giving them feedback or they're listening to this show and they're like, oh, yes, I need to speak with Allison immediately. What are some things they should be thinking about as they go through this journey? Well, again, just to reiterate, one of the things that I think is really important is having a program that serves all employees. So Mm -hmm. typically when HR people start working with us, they might have something in place that serves a small group of employees or it's only focused on one item, such as, you know, dealing with investments, but the rest of their financial education is not being addressed. So that's really, really important. Good point. A lot, not to interrupt you, Mm -hmm. but um, a lot of programs just focus on their retirement plan and that's it. Just how to manage that, that one aspect. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But there's so many other areas that need to be addressed. So Mm -hmm. we help them to broaden the scope and we partner with that vendor to support them as well. Of course. Allison, could you tell us when you say all employees, can you tell us what you mean by that? Absolutely. So really from every age, meaning that we have tranches of programs that serve employees who are younger to midway through their career to approaching retirement. And then we also have programs that serve specialty and affinity groups. Mm -hmm. So for customers that are really focused on supporting their diversity, equity, and inclusion strategy, we're there to support that as well. So we really want to serve everybody. Absolutely. So we have ages, we have affinity groups and also career stages, I would imagine as well, right? You you mentioned executives. So, Mm -hmm. you know, from your entry level first time, you mentioned interns. So it sounds like you do do a program that will serve interns up to the executive level because their needs are different. Absolutely. Their stage of life is different. Yeah. So the curriculum that's provided, the tools that are provided differ by their age and career stage and income level. Obviously, we're not going to have an intern sitting next to a C-suite executive in a program. So we're going to break out those programs to serve the different needs of the audience. Mm -hmm. And that's really important and satisfaction for those participating as well. Yes. And that's what I think your customer is looking to accomplish. Absolutely. Is to make sure all employees are engaged in the programming and all employees are getting the education that they need. Right. To be successful at whatever stage they're in. And our partners also have a responsibility to report back to their management, you know, with performance metrics. So we also, in addition to providing these programs, we do wrap ups, you know, two to three times a year that provide statistics on the satisfaction of their employees. We also in advance talk with our partners about what to them defines success in this program. And so we set up metrics that we then will measure for them. So for one company, it might differ than others. They might have specific benefits that they feel are being underutilized that we can help to drive employees to and educate them on. Um, Other employers might have other things that are important 
important to them. Sure. So our program is customized to meet the needs of the employers that we're serving. Would you be able to give a few examples of, you know, what's a typical success metrics that you hear a success metric? Sure. Absolutely. So we might find that an employer specific employer that I'm thinking of in New York city introduced some new voluntary benefits mm. last year, wanted us to help educate employees through our programs on the importance of those benefits. They were designed to help employees save money in different ways. And that was important to the employees overall financial wellness. So we put in a number of programs that were designed to do that and saw a great result. Mm -hmm. That's great. mm -hmm. So you mentioned they should consider a program um, and HR executives should consider a financial program that will serve all employees. What else should they consider if they want to bring in financial literacy? Well, I think they're going to look for a trusted partner that has a great track record. We've been in market since 2003 with our programs. We have long history with many, many large companies that give great references and they know that they can rely on us to do the best job. It's also really important that these programs be educational in nature. Mm -hmm. Employees never want to feel pressured. Mm -hmm. They certainly do have the opportunity to set up a one-on-one with the presenter, but our guarantee is that they'll never feel pressure in any way. Yes. only upon their requesting that. Yes, so that's I want, and I want to talk a lot about that because um, that's a that's interesting and different how the program that you work with is modeled. So I want to get to that because yeah. I think that, I think that's a really big deal. So all employees, trusted partner, what else? So the other thing I think is important and a differentiating factor with us is really having one team from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. So for instance, we assign a team to each company. We have companies that have had the same team for 18 and 19 years. That makes a big difference because they get to know the employees, they get to know the benefits, Mm -hmm. the HR team. And so the employees, if they're interested in attending and then going off and getting information from the presenter, they're not having to listen to one person and then go to a call center or run off to an office to meet with somebody and meet with somebody else. They're actually, they have continuity in service. So I think that's a differentiating factor with our program. Oh, interesting. So let's back up then. Who who is actually teaching the program? So we work with approximately 80 advisors nationally. Financial advisors. Right. Financial Mm -hmm. advisors who are highly credentialed and have to go through very specialized training to be a presenter in this program. So these folks, these advisors are practicing advisors. Yes. So they're Mm -hmm. credentialed. They're fully licensed. Exactly. They're actively working with clients. And then teaching in the process. That's right. And because it's such a select group of people, like I mentioned, you know, 80 people nationally Mm -hmm. to serve thousands of corporations, Mm -hmm. they're so well-practiced at doing this. They spend a lot of their time doing it. They're great at instructing. And they're also great at meeting with people, making them feel comfortable, answering their questions. So you know, when you're using our program, that you're getting somebody who's truly a professional what they do. Yes. And I've had the privilege, you had showed me a few of those um, anonymous wrap up summaries, and I've seen just some stats and specifically a question on kind of self-promotion and was this educational nature. And it is astonishing. I mean, I'll let you share those results, but it was pretty flawless that every right. answer came back the same, but, but what do most people find? Yes. Well, hundred percent of the employees mm-hmm. that attend nationally say that they would recommend these programs to a colleague yeah. or a friend. 
I've had numerous HR partners who have attended the program and then done a one-on-one just to get the experience. And they've told me, gee, I kept waiting for the, you know, the hard pressured sale and it never came. Um, So that's really gratifying to make sure that the employee always gets the best experience. And again, because these advisors work, you know, they work so heavily in this program, they want to be invited back. They want to do the best possible job. So again, that really differs from the experience that some other vendors may provide. Absolutely. And I love your program because it's in two phases and you started to get into this a little bit, but I want you to tell the listeners about both of these phases of the program. You have your education and then, and then implementation. So go ahead and tell us about that. Right. So as part of the education, at the end of each program, we do a survey and employees give us their statistics. How did they like it? Was it the right content? Did they like the presenter? Did they put them to sleep or were they entertaining? (laughs) Never happened. Never. Right. Um, And then there's an option to do a one-on-one consultation that they can request. So if they request that, then the advisor's um, team would reach out to set up a meeting and they will get up to three meetings with no cost, no obligation. That's really the employee's time to bring their agenda to the table and have their questions answered. Absolutely. And which I think is so important because the education you're getting is hands down so valuable. You're getting this this education from a trusted source. So your employer has already vetted this team. You're working with a licensed, credentialed, practicing financial advisor who's sharing this information. But like always... Everything depends. Everything that you're learning will depend on your current situation, on your goals, on your values. That's right. So that one-on-one is an opportunity for you to share some of that more personal information. Yes, exactly. That you may not do in a room full of your peers. You you may be intaking more, but then you get this opportunity if you want it to sit with the advisor and say, well, here's where I am now. Here's where I want to be. Can we apply what we learned to my situation? Is that how that works? Right. And a lot of times these employees might have a life event that's happened. They just, they're pregnant with twins. Mm -hmm. They need some help there. They perhaps lost a loved one or dealing with an inheritance. Yes, they're taking care of an aging parent. We hear that a lot. Oh my gosh. That's a huge issue today being in the sandwich generation. And how do you financially plan for that? So, or perhaps taking care of a special needs child and worried about their future. So there's so many issues to be dealt with beyond how much am I putting into my 401k that employees may not be getting education on today. So that's what we're focused on answering and delivering. And I love what you said in the beginning, and that's what this show is all about. Not how much money you make, it's how much money you save. It's how you manage that money. That's right. And and that two-phase program is all about making sure that you can save and manage what it is that you make. That's right. So you mentioned people at all different phases of their life. So talk about, and you mentioned this in the beginning, but talk about the affinity programs and how, you know, different groups of people, different communities have different needs and how your program supports those needs. Absolutely. Over the last, I'd say two years, I've seen that corporations are extremely focused on their strategy to support diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives. And this is often seen by the fact that they have many affinity 
community groups within the corporation. Mm -hmm. So they have a professional women's group. They have a black professional group. They have a group for Hispanic Americans for their LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. And they're looking for programming for these groups. Mm -hmm. And so I've had the privilege of working with many of our corporations. Frequently, we will set up a separate set of programs for these affinity groups. And I've had the privilege of working with the leaders of these affinity groups and hearing what's important to them and what issues their members face. And that I've really enjoyed that education that I've gotten from these groups. So um, for instance, we recently put on a series, a three-part series for a major corporation's black female affinity group. Mm -hmm. And it was, and we actually have the third session this afternoon. And it was incredible because we partnered each week a financial advisor um, with actually um, a celebrity because this company serves celebrities who's a black female as well, Yes, addressing different issues of their journey. And it has been one of the most meaningful sessions I've ever sat in on. And um, it's it's just been extremely valuable. So I've really enjoyed that new niche that I find that we've been serving more in the last two years, learning about these different groups' challenges, what they feel is important, and adding that almost as another track next to the regular programming in these corporations. Yes. And I would imagine and and tell us that the community members are, are more comfortable when they have a presenter they can relate to. That's right. So it's important for these communities that you have a presenter that is from that community. Yes. And um, they really just feel most comfortable with them. And they have an opportunity to talk about issues that might be inherent and unique to that community that I may not have ever realized or heard about before. So it's been a great education for me as well. Oh, I'm sure. I can only imagine. Um, and I know that you, I, you and I work together on this, but you took a very, very active role in planning a program for uh, mental health awareness month. Yes. That was, that, that turned out amazing. Tell us about that. So in May, we started getting more or prior to May, which is mental health awareness month. We started getting more and more requests for a program that would focus on financial and mental health, you know, how the two tie together, which has been so well proven. And so we had the opportunity to create a program using a financial advisor to talk first about the basics of money and things that can bring you peace in your financial life, you know, having enough in savings, paying down debt, knowing that you're on track for retirement, all those things that bring people confidence in the financial arena. Mm -hmm. And then we actually brought in a licensed clinical social worker who focuses on cognitive behavioral therapy to talk about how also you can bring peace to yourself by controlling your thoughts in terms of, you know, thoughts equal actions, Mm -hmm. equal feelings. Mm -hmm. And so the two topics paired together have been a home run Mm -hmm. for the month of May. I want to say we've delivered 10 programs for major corporations that have been so well attended. Mm -hmm. And it's just amazing how the two things tie together and the things that I learned just from sitting in on these programs. Yes, I can imagine. And thank you for doing that. Thank you for bringing that to to the audience and, and to this space because you're right, they do go hand in hand. Absolutely. And often, you know, for whatever reason, people are, you know, money is a very difficult subject. 
Absolutely. And a personal subject. And a very personal subject. You're right. One of the things we heard a lot during that month is people feeling embarrassed mm-hmm. because they didn't want to get help because they felt like they were underwater. Mm-hmm. And I was so proud of our uh, advisors who delivered these messages, just encouraging people that it's never too late to start. You have to start someplace. And we had a lot of feedback from employees saying, thank you for encouraging me to get started. You have to start somewhere, whether it's with financial wellness or mental health, you have to start somewhere. You have to start. That's the key. Absolutely. And I could understand how you know, we live in a very comparative society. You cannot yes. help but compare your situation to someone else's. Right. So you can't help but feel like you're behind. But the but the truth is probably most people are behind or most people need support somewhere in their financial journey. That's, That's just right. human nature. Absolutely. Things happen, things come up. And certainly hearing the advisors encourage people don't say, well, I'm just going to wait until I pay off my next 20,000 in credit card debt. No, you don't wait. Start today and don't be embarrassed to come forward and, you know, take advantage of this education and just start with baby steps. You'll feel so much better. They can help you. Right. The advisor can help you with something like that. Absolutely. CNBC actually just put out an article last month about more corporations incorporating financial literacy programs into their platform. But I read a stat myself that said less than a quarter, 21% of employers currently offer non-retirement financial benefits. And that was according to a survey done by Shurum, Society for Human Resource Management. Yes. Is that what you're finding as well? Yes, absolutely. You know, I frequently, if I am talking with an HR professional and they say, oh, we're all set. Our 401k provider provides these programs. I try and explore with them what programs they're providing because 401k is an incredible benefit and it's very important that employees understand it and maximize it. But there are a lot of other areas that they need to address in addition. They need Uh, emergency savings. They need to save for other future purchases like a house, children's education. They need to make sure that they're doing planning for the future, such as an estate plan. And they don't have to be millionaires to need that. So there's so many other areas that need to be addressed. So once I start leading an HR professional down that road of, I'm so glad you're doing that. But if you, you thought of these other areas, kind of a light bulb goes on and they're like, wow, you know, those are other areas that our employees need help in. That's where we can come in. I love that. Tell us about the topics that your programming covers. You know, I know um, everything from retirement, but tell us some of those, those niche areas. Sure. So everything from understanding your HSA, understanding life and, and disability planning, again, understanding estate planning. Then for people that are getting closer to retirement, things like understanding social security, mm-hmm. such an important program, always a sellout with our customers, yes. understanding medical care in retirement so important. One of the most undersaved for areas, people don't understand that they will probably have to purchase a Medicare supplement in retirement. They don't have a medical benefit, which few employees do today in retirement. They probably are going to have to purchase a Medicare supplement. Mm -hmm. They probably need an additional 250,000 saved just for their medical costs in retirement. Something people have never even thought of. Exactly. Exactly. So those are just some examples. Taxes too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Tax strategy. Great, great example. That is such a hit in the first quarter for our corporations. People certainly want to know the legal way that they can pay as (laughs) little as possible to Uncle Sam. They want to maximize, you know, what they're keeping in their pockets. Absolutely. Um, In doing what you do and working with all the HR executives that you work with, can you talk about some more creative or unique strategies that you have seen to help implement these programs? Sure, absolutely. So one of the things that we see is that employers frequently already have a broad-based wellness program. So on one side of the chart, if you will, they're offering things for their medical wellness, for their physical wellness, but they've not been able to fill in that financial wellness bucket. So we typically will take that branch of the tree, if you will, and be actually frequently put on their website under Mm -hmm. their financial wellness partner Mm -hmm. and have a link that goes out to our website so that people can enroll for the financial wellness programs. So that allows them to fill out that side of, you know, their, their overall wellness strategy. Mm -hmm. They also might tie in wellness credits. So if they'd like employees to attend, let's say two workshops a year, they will build that into their wellness credit strategy that will give them some tangible benefit. Sometimes it's even money off their premium. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So that, that works very, very well for them. That's great. So there are all types of incentives that can be offered, but we do find that people are hungry for this information. So with or without things like wellness credits, we're getting great national participation on a daily basis in these programs. Yes. I've seen your participation numbers and I mean, you're getting tens of thousands of people in a given year to sign up for these workshops, which is just absolutely amazing year over year over year. Probably right. Just in the companies that we serve here in the Northeast, you know, probably 3000 to 4,000, you know, employees are attending the programs every year. So it's a significant number. That's just in one corner of the country. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So tell us what, what else, what else is it for the HR executives listening for the employees listening? What else should they know? Sure. So one other thing I would say is that we do have a couple of special programs. We have a resource for change program, and that's really used for companies that might be laying off, freezing a pension, giving an early retirement package. Those are targeted workshops for those employees that then offer a one-on-one to help them cope with those changes and, and make a plan. So that's been more utilized than ever in the last few years. Oh, that's um, interesting. So it's not, that's not just education. It's actually a very specific, or it is education, but it's for a very specific reason. Right. So you can target that group of employees. Yeah. And we can help them with one-on-ones following the workshop that address their specific situation. For instance, if it's an early retirement package, we have that information. Mm-hmm. We help, we share that with them mm-hmm. and help them to, you know, walk through a decision-making process. Mm-hmm. So that's being utilized more than ever. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So a lot of different levels. We also have programs for the executives. As you mentioned, we also have a program for subsidized financial planning. We have some major corporations that offer a subsidy for people to do a financial plan to encourage them to do it. And we have a special program for that that offers a special workshop and then, you know, an entree into doing a financial plan. Allison, just listening, I can understand why you're so good at what you do. Uh-huh. You you can really hear that you will entrench yourself into whatever company, whatever customer that you're working with. 
And you, it sounds like you deliver exactly what that company needs, whatever type of program that company needs. Cause I'm hearing that maybe two programs aren't alike, mm-hmm. that two companies aren't alike, two sets of needs aren't alike. Right. Our programs are not cookie cutter. So mm-hmm. we hear what the customer needs and then we get to work yes. on design, you know, devising a solution. Yes. That's what I'm hearing. And I've had some impactful moments in my career. I've had um, a couple that I'll just share Please. in closing. One was for a large television network that's a household name. And the HR person told me that one of the women that came to one of our programs within the next month put in her paperwork to retire. And she said she was kind of sad, but she was affirmed in that moment that these programs do what they say they're going to do. This woman had no idea she was actually 66, still working, that she could actually afford to retire. And she did so. So we felt really good about uh, what that. A dream come true for her. Yeah. I had um, two other stories. One is a major elevator company that is a household name. And the HR person told me that her 401k vendor actually said to her, what are you doing? And she's like, what do you mean? And and he said, well, your, your utilization is just incredibly up both Mm -hmm. like in the Roth 401k and the regular 401k, the percentage that employees are contributing. And she said, well, we've been really faithful with providing education for employees. and, And that made, a difference. Oh, that's huge. Getting more people to save for retirement. And increase their percentage. And increase their percentage. That they're putting in. So important. And then finally, we have a utility company in New York City that's close to my heart. I've worked with them for 16 years. Mm -hmm. And I used to attend, of course, hundreds of these workshops in person prior to the pandemic. And I had an immigrant employee come up to me after a four-part retirement education program and tell me, thank you for having helping us. Mm-hmm. I never understood how this all works. And now I do. You have done great things for all of us here. So you know what, when I get up in the morning, I can go out into doing my job, knowing that we are doing great things. We're making a difference every day for employees out there and for the corporations or employers that they're working in. You sure are. Thank you so much for being here. More importantly, thank you for all the good work that you do. Of course, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Really appreciated being here. Our pleasure. For anyone looking to get in touch with Allison, you could check out the show description for her contact information. Thank you for listening to Master Your Money. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Every little bit helps. You can also follow us on our Instagram at Barnum Financial Group. If you're interested in connecting or working with a financial advisor at the Barnum Financial Group, the links are in the show notes of this episode. All opinions expressed by the program participants are solely their current opinions and do not reflect the opinions their respective parent companies or affiliates or the companies with which the program participants are affiliated. Investments or strategies mentioned in this program may not be suitable for you, and you should make your own independent decision regarding them. This material does not take into account your particular investment objectives, financial situation, or needs, and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. You should strongly consider seeking advice from your own investment advisor. Securities and investment advisory services offered through qualified registered representatives of MML Investor Services, LLC. Member SIPC, 6 Corporate Drive, Shelton, Connecticut, 06484, telephone number 203-513-6000.